Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How are you? I am doing well. You know what's coming soon. Man, we leave in a week. Yes. One week away from uh, all of us descending on St. Louis, Missouri for the annual meeting. And we have a huge show in store for everybody today. Uh, we got our annual meeting preview show is, is this week. So we're going to cover everything uh, later on in the show. But before we get to that, Amy, I know Keith was in East Asia or Southeast Asia he was. this past week. Yes. So uh, he's back. It's good to have him back. I know he your is. boss also, uh, Dr. Aiken, was in East Asia. He and Charlotte were over there. Yes on a trip and you've, you've got people from Southeastern. I keep seeing people from Southeastern all over the world. I mean, really embodying that I am going motto. Yeah, we, it, it was just one of those moments where, you know, graduation finished and we had tons of trips that were scheduled. We have more trips that are scheduled uh, this summer, but we had folks in Europe. We had folks in Asia. We had people and we just had them everywhere. So it was a lot of fun. Some of them are study tours, uh, several of them mission opportunities. Um, it was great. So everyone just kind of split up around the world. Yeah, speaking of uh, study tours, I, I saw that Jamie Dew was, was suffering for Jesus this week. Yeah, they were in, in Europe with some seminary and college students and uh, really just going around and hitting some of the uh, great places in history and in church history. I mean, it's it's pretty and fantastic. Yes, and Paris, yes. Um, so the study tours are really neat. We have an Oxford study tour every year. We have a Reformation study tour next year. Um, and uh, they, they hit some some really just great things. We have Israel trips that, that we take people on. Uh, and then the CGCS, the Center for Great Commission Studies, is, is always taking groups. That's what Keith was a part of. And uh, it, it's just a wonderful thing. So very excited. I can tell you, though, I'm happy that he's home, and so are the kids. I bet they are happy to have Dad back home, because I bet they brought he brought them something from across the other side of the world. He did, actually. We were just doing that earlier, so... A lot All of right. fun. All right, before we jump into this week's episode, we do want to thank our sponsor once again. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by 2028.co. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y-2-8.co. Powered by Lifeway, the world's largest provider of Christian resources, 2028 is the easiest way to create a beautiful church website. It's so simple that anyone can build a website in just minutes. If you use the internet, you can build a website. Start building your church's website today for free. For 30 days, go to 2028.co. For more information, that's T-W-E-N-T-Y, the number two, the number eight, dot C-O. And uh, get all your church technology needs met over there at 2028. They do websites, church management systems, online giving, you name it. They can help you out when it comes to technology in the church. All right, so it is our preview episode for uh, the SBC annual meeting, but it's also... Uh, the first week of the month of June, which means we're always looking at one story at the beginning of every month, and that is? Cooperative program giving. Yes, cooperative program, and we are happy to report that the cooperative program is again ahead of budget projection. This month, it's ahead 6.13% above the year-to-date budgeted projection, and 2.65% above contributions that are were received at the same time last year. So 
very good news. Uh, very good news there. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. I mean, I knew we were up last year because you know we started the the podcast around this time last year. That's actually the, I think the first time I really started tracking CP giving. Uh, my entity yeah. is not a CP funded entity, so it, not really on my radar because uh, because of that. Uh, right. But I know uh, I know yours is to see this this high again. I mean, just amazing. Yeah, and also designated giving uh, is nine point zero two percent above the gifts that were received at this point last year. So that's really big as well. Um, it's everything is just, you know, kind of projecting ahead. One thing that I just was kind of fascinated that jumped out at me is that, uh, of course it's, it's ahead, which is great. But as of this month, the year to date budgeted amount, the amount that they had planned on, um, was 124 million Three hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three and thirty-three cents. I'm not really a math person, but I just loved that. That jumped out at me. I thought that is so just it's just perfect how that ends out. But we're way ahead of it. So yes. almost one hundred and thirty-two million dollars. So it's uh, just yeah. under or just above seven and a half million dollars above budget right now. Yes. Yes. So uh, very good news, and that's that's great momentum going into next week just uh into just some hopefully some encouraging discussions yeah because we're going to see and uh and hear about and learn about a lot of where that cp money is going next week at the annual meeting uh we'll, we'll get into the specifics of where and when uh, those informational sessions will be later on in the episode we also have another increase amy this one in messenger count Yep, it's looking like uh, it's looking like it's going to go up this year. Yes, and if it doesn't, there will be something really wrong. Uh, last year in Columbus, we had ten thousand eight hundred and twenty-nine hotel room night reservations. That's a lot of hotel rooms. And this year, we are already at thirteen thousand two hundred and seventy-five hotel yes. room nights in St. Louis. That doesn't mean that we have that many hotel rooms individually booked. That means. Like my hotel, I think I have for five or six nights. Your hotel, you probably right. have. That's nights. Yeah, five or six Correct. nights. So that shows Correct. that uh, we've got a lot of people coming and, or they're staying longer, one of those two. Uh, if you yes, take, that's true. If you take the messenger count uh, from last year, the 5407 messenger count, and just mm-hmm. make it uh, analogous to the ratio of the hotel room increase, uh, that means we'd be looking at a messenger count somewhere around uh, 6,628 uh, to be specific, uh, but somewhere around 6,500 to 7,000. And, and that's what Bill Towns from the executive committee is kind of predicting between six and 7,000. I, I think we'll be in the upper 6,000s. We're also in an area with a lot of Southern Baptists uh, that may be able to drive in for the days on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we always see sort of an uptick whenever there is a a new uh, presidential election. But also just being in the center of the country, it's a lot more accessible, easier for people to get to it. Uh, St. Louis is a place that um, it's a little bit easier. Maybe people want to bring their kids. And so they're that they can make that decision bit, you know, just a bit simpler. Uh, but we do know we're going to surpass last year because last year's messenger count was 5,407. And at this point, we have 4,923 messengers pre-registered online. So we know we're going to get past uh, what we had last year. The question just is how much. Um, so the uh, 
they're projecting Bill Towns uh, at the executive committee. He, he's the manager of the convention. He's projecting six to seven thousand messengers and ten to eleven thousand total attendees based on hotel numbers. Now, what that means for folks who might not understand the difference between well, what's a messenger and what's an attendee? You still have a lot of folks who attend representing entities, um, exhibiting, you know, just just different things who are not registered voting messengers, but they are still participating in the process just by being there and interacting. Uh, so that that's why when you walk in the exhibit hall, there's a lot of folks who are working booths or, or participating in that way. Um, that's the difference uh, in, in those two And there's also spouses that come that may not yes. be messengers, those kind of things. But this year, Correct. Uh, on a positive note, this year we will have an absolute number uh, for the first time, I think, in a long time, if not ever, because everyone yeah. is having to register as either a messenger or a guest or you don't get in. So messenger, guest, exhibitor, uh, one of those different uh, areas, you have to be in one of those buckets uh, to get in this year. So if you are a guest and, and not coming as a messenger, you still need to register. Uh, because you will not be able to go into the hall uh, of, you know, where we're having the exhibits or into the meeting hall either. So uh, very important right. to register this year. Online registration, yeah. I think, closes really soon. If not, um, maybe by the time you listen to this, it may already be closed. Please remember, if you want to register as a messenger on site, there are things you have to bring with you. Uh, so pre-registration as a messenger is very uh, important. It's a lot easier, but you do have to bring things uh, to verify your church, things like that. So you need to research that um, and look that up. Yep. So I, I pre-registered myself and a, a couple of others from my church that work at LifeWay that will be down there with us. So we pre-registered and we have all our printouts and everything ready to go. So looking forward to that. All right. A few announcements, and then we'll jump into the annual meeting. We've got uh, a few nominations. Jim Wells going to be yes. nominated again for registration secretary, his 15th term of registration secretary. And uh, Missouri Pastor Eddie Bumpers uh, will nominate him. And also, Malachi O'Brien will be nominated as the second VP candidate. Uh, so we, we've been kind of wondering if we'd see a second VP and we have one of those now. We've got uh, Doug Mutton and Malachi O'Brien for the two vice presidency slots. I don't know if we'll see yes. any other nominations for that, uh, but uh, we'll wait and see. And Amy, we have a couple of Pastors Conference nominations as well. Yes, yeah, so uh, vice president of the Pastors Conference, Paul Smith, who is from First Baptist Church Chandler, Arizona, uh, which is in Phoenix. Now that is, is certainly a very helpful aspect to his candidacy just because it means that there's someone, uh, if he were to become vice president, that means someone on that leadership team would be on the ground in the Phoenix area. So I'm certain that that would, uh, would be a big, a big help. So he'll be nominated as vice president of the pastor's conference and Toby Frost of Greenwood, South Carolina, pastor of South Main Baptist Church, will be nominated for treasurer of the Southern Baptist Convention Pastors Conference. Jonathan, do you know, I, it's not on any schedule I have seen, when that election or the voting will happen for the next year's Pastors Conference? I have not seen it on a schedule. However, it is typically done in the afternoon session after everybody's back from the NAM lunch. So typically, it has been uh, around 
two o'clock or so, either bef- between the two speakers in that afternoon session or before them when everybody gets back from lunch. So uh, they try to get it in there where people are actually in the room because one of the odd things we've talked about this, one of the odd things about the pastor's conference is there is no registration. There is no ballot. It's just a hand-raising opportunity, pardon the term, uh, for people to vote, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, because it's not a structured—I mean, this is just an event, and, and it's the, the folks who are participating. And so if you want to be a part of that, uh, there's the election for um, Pastors Conference president, and Dave Miller uh, of Iowa and John Avant of Tennessee are— um, are going to be nominated for that. And then we have these other two nominees as well. Yeah, likely we'll not see any competition in the vice president or treasurer nominations. So those will probably be the only ones, but uh, that presidency election will be uh, one to watch on Monday of the convention. But speaking of the convention, Amy, before we get to that and get to our annual preview, once again, want to thank 2028 for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, Once again, if you have the need for a church website or online giving or church management software, c2028.co, that's T-W-E-N-T-Y 28.co for all your church technology needs. And Amy, it is time now to preview the 2016 SBC annual meeting to be held in the Americas Center in St. Louis, Missouri. Here we go. Well, if you go, if we start out with the Pastors Conference, you go to the Pastors Conference website, sbcpc.net. If you've been there, you'll notice there's been a countdown clock uh, all this time, the countdown to St. Louis, and it is going as I'm watching it. Right now, um, it has the days, the hours, the minutes, and the seconds, and we're now in single digits. So uh, that will kick off on Sunday evening um, at 6 p.m., yeah, and speaking that night will be uh, Noah Oldham and James McDonald, uh, worship to be led by Andy Johnson and Tim Wedby. Yeah, that's always a great kickoff event for the week. And uh, remember, the exhibit hall is not open on Sunday, but there are specific exhibits um, in the hallway uh, right outside for people who are sponsors of the Pastors Conference. So there's still an opportunity to kind of check out um, some Uh, smaller exhibits, uh, spaces, but still really just great opportunities to see ministries and and things that are available. Uh, So that's a a great thing. Those will be Sunday night already getting started. And then we we kick off on Monday morning at 9 o'clock. Worship is going to be the Passion Band, um, and the speakers will be David Platt, Derwin Gray, and Byron McWilliams. So from 9 to 11.45... That should be yeah, a fun session. Yeah, 9 to eleven forty-five. It will be. It will be a very, I think, energetic session for sure. Yes, I don't think you can have any session with Derwin Gray, and not be energetic. Yeah, Derwin. Derwin's a great, That's great correct. guy. I've met him and hung out with him a few times, and just he just a fun guy to be around. Man, that dude loves Jesus, and just fun to listen to. He's just fantastic expositor of the scripture. He's a passionate preacher, and. And I always enjoy being around Derwin, so can't wait to see him on Monday. And then we move into uh, lunch on Monday. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But then come back from lunch uh, in the afternoon, Passion Band leading us again. And then you've got Jack Graham and the one and only Ed Stetzer. Yes, Ed will be speaking main stage, and then they'll go straight into breakouts. Johnny Hunt, James McDonald again, Jimmy Scroggins, and Ed Stetzer. He's going to be working overtime. And it says, and more. And more, yeah. So there'll be others. Maybe maybe you're leading a breakout and you just didn't know it. Um, it any of our listeners out there could be leading a breakout. Just check your email and see. Yeah. I believe they, they talked about this and, and released something that those breakouts are going to be for people from 
uh, churches of different sizes and, and things like that. So just opportunities to learn uh, maybe for about situations that are close to yours. Uh, so that's going to be 1.30 to 4.30. That will be packing a lot into, uh, into that afternoon, but I think it, it'll be really great. And then we break for dinner. And then session four is uh, 6.15 to 9 p.m., uh, Passion Band, and back with uh, Jimmy Scroggins, Johnny Hunt, and Greg Laurie rounding out the night. Those will be fun. Jimmy is always a, a great one to listen to. Enjoy listening to him preach. I haven't heard him preach too many times, but uh, the ones I have have been very, very good. And, and then Johnny and Greg, I mean, they're kind of mainstays at the uh, the pastor's conference. So uh, you see a lot of these right. familiar names that you've seen from the pastor's conference in the past, some new names as well. Thanks to John Metter for all the work that he's done this year as the Pastors Conference president. We had an interview with him a while back on the, the podcast. He was gracious enough to take some time and, and talk to us. So we appreciate him, and we're really looking forward to the Pastors Conference at the SBC annual meeting. Yes, uh, but that's just going to get us geared up for the real kickoff on Tuesday morning when the gavel comes down, and there we go. Yep, Tuesday morning, everything gets underway around 8.15, opening worship, Julio Adiola. Will be joining us again this year. Uh, the Cross Church Band will be leading us again this year. Julio uh, will be leading worship for the entire event. He'll be joined at some point by Keith and Kristen Getty. I know on Tuesday night uh, at the uh, the special prayer service. We'll get to that in just a minute. But on that Tuesday morning, a couple of things of note in that the president's address at nine fifty two. Amy, so not nine fifty one, not nine fifty three, but nine fifty two. On Tuesday morning, uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd from Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas will be giving his president's address and his final address as president of the SBC. And then at 1052, he will be leading a panel, uh, a national conversation on racial unity in America. We've talked about this on the podcast. Dr. Jerry Young from the National Baptist Convention will be joining him, as well as Marshall Blaylock, uh, who's the pastor at First Baptist Church, Charleston, South Carolina. Yes, uh, so that's going to be a really great conversation. Um, so a lot of kind of the typical things that morning, the welcome, the crossover report, things that, that really do uh, matter. We need to, to be able, uh, we need to be present to hear those. And uh, But the, the two major, major events of the morning are the President's Address and uh, the panel on uh, racial unity in America. And not to be left off on that panel, H.B. Uh, Charles, Joe Kostevens, Timmy Chavis, D.A. Horton, Fred Luter, Greg Mott, Kenny Petty, and David Um uh, will also be on that panel. So, uh, yeah, that's yes. that's going to be a great discussion. Can't wait to see that one on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, so then we'll we'll break for lunch, and we'll we'll talk later about some lunch options. But we'll break for lunch. We'll come back at one fifteen for opening worship um, again, and that will start. The session that is my favorite session of the two days. You're just a Wiley Drake groupie. That's all it is. If you are what can be called a nerd, then that's the most fun time because that's when the business is really happening and you're just tracking everything. And that uh, that's always the the part I enjoy the most. I just like just following everything as it goes, listening to the motions, thinking about what they mean. And uh, so that's going to happen. But that's really the moment that the messengers are going to be doing their work. Yes. Um, so there are times we come together to be inspired, to be sort of a vision, have a vision cast before us. Uh, but the, the real work of the messengers 
uh, comes on Tuesday afternoon. So we get back in there, opening worship at 1.15, and then at 1.30, the introduction of new motions begins. All right, we mentioned the business session. We have a few pieces of the business session that, that people, uh, the main cogs, I guess you could say, of the business session. We have, we have motions right. that people can make yes. from the floor. We have an election. That's we're going to get to in just yes. a minute. We have elections for all these officers we mentioned: the presidential, vice president, the second vice president, recording secretary, registration secretary, and and so many more. So we've got all those in the election section of uh, the uh, the meeting part, or the you know the business meeting part. We also have a couple of committee reports that the messengers have to approve. We have the committee on nominations and the committee on committees. And the Committee on Order of Business, those three committee reports that we have to do, as well as the Committee on Resolutions, uh, which is the other kind of uh, businessy part uh, that yes. people can make resolutions. You know, that's the messenger involvement a lot on that one. Yes, uh, so and the those, Executive Committee report. Well, yeah. They, they bring you, some things to Yeah, there, yes. there are some things in the Executive Committee report that the messengers have to approve as well. So uh, that's right. That's, th- those are kind of the main pieces of that Tuesday afternoon, uh, you know, the, the motions are always the, the really interesting ones, uh, what, right. uh, what comes out of the motions, because those are the ones that we really don't know what's going to happen on a motion until we get there. Some right. of the others, we've seen language, we've seen previews of it, but the motions is just pretty much whatever somebody to a, at a microphone says. On those, you mentioned those committee reports that we have to approve. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to get lost on us, the importance of, of those moments, because what it means is that the messengers play several roles within the process. Uh, they, or they they play a role at several points within the process. We elect uh, the president who appoints these committees um, to do the work. We're trusting them with that. But then, as sort of another check, those committees take their work and they bring that before the entire body. Um, and this is a really efficient way to work. It's a it's a system that was set up in order to get things done. Uh, but there's no point at which a messenger says, well, I don't really know what's going on. Um, I don't have anything to do with that because there are multiple opportunities uh, to speak in and let your voice be heard. And so when those committee reports come up, it looks like just a really long list of names. Um, that's one reason that those names are released 45 days out. Uh, th- so that we can look at them. Um, but it's also a reason we, we discuss, we talk, you know, or we, we listen, we pay attention, we notice who is on the committee that named these, and, and we just participate. And for the most part, we approve them, but, um, it, and, and have for years and years, but this is, it's, it's not just a raise your ballot and don't even think about it moment. This is an important piece in it that we do this, that we say, yes, we approve of what they did. So uh, lots of little things. It moves really fast, um, but just kind of sit down, bring your coffee if you need to, hang on, and uh, we get to work. Also included in that Tuesday afternoon session is the Guidestone Entity Report, uh, not to be lost in that, and the election of the convention preacher, alternate preacher, and music director, which we found out, we we questioned this on a, a previous podcast episode, those are elected and nominated by the Committee on Order of Business. Yes, they bring those uh, in one of their reports. Yes, so that, that completes our Tuesday afternoon session. Tuesday evening, we've mentioned the National Call to Prayer for Spiritual Leadership, Revived Churches, and Nationwide and Global Awakening. Uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd will be joined 
at that uh, by a host of others. Keith and Kristen Getty will join Julio Adiola to lead the worship times that night, and also joining uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd for the event will be John Avant, Matt Chandler, Paul Kim, K. Marshall Williams, A.B. Vines, James Langford, Bill Eliff, Marshall Blaylock, Felix Cabrera, Johnny Hunt, Greg Laurie, and Jerry Young. That that's going to be uh, a really special night, I think, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that was the kind of the highlight of the year last year. I mean that that big event. I mean that's what everybody was talking about. So uh, be sure to to mark that on your calendar. Be there. Get back from from dinner on Tuesday night and, and be in the hall for that because. If it's anything like last year, it'll be incredible. Yes. Uh, so then we will all go and collapse uh, after a really <laughs> long day uh, so that we can get get going in the morning on Wednesday. Uh, opening worship begins at 8.15. It starts with the Committee on Order of Business. Now, the reason they make a report is because they're reporting on the motions from the day before. Um, remember when motions are made, we cannot debate them on the floor at that time. The committee on order of business has to take them and process them. Uh, that's part of the way we do things. And so they'll process them on, um, Tuesday uh, pro- at the dinner break, I would say, uh, after that session session is over. And so at eight 30 on Wednesday morning, that's when we will know. So if you make a motion and you're wondering what's going to happen to it, if it's going to get referred, if it's going to get called out of order, if it's going to be brought to the floor, be there at 8.30 in the morning. That's when you'll find out. Yep, and then that'll be followed by the ERLC and Lifeway report and presentations. And then at uh, 9.30, we'll have the seminary presentations and report. They're going to do all those again together. All six seminaries will do their reports. And that's going to lead us into a, a small business session if, if there's business to be taken up at that time. Right, and that part is saved there. Previously scheduled business you have to put blocks of time in the schedule in case anything is going to be debated. So if the committee on order of business comes back that morning and everything is being referred, uh, then it, it's possible that the previously scheduled business session just won't even happen and we'll move straight into worship. Uh, but if, if there's a chance that something's going to get brought to the floor for discussion and the committee on order of business you know, deems it so, they, that's where they will put it. So we'll just have to see. All right, and rounding out the morning will be the convention sermon from Ted Trailer, the pastor at Olive Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida, and then reports from the WMU, NAM, and IMB. And that'll bring us into all the seminary lunches uh, that we'll talk about here in just a minute on Wednesday. And then we'll reconvene Wednesday afternoon, 2.15, and uh, we have some another previously scheduled business and then the presentation of officers that we had elected the day before. Then we have another panel on pastors and the church in American politics, uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd will be joined for that one uh, by... Um, that will be Hans Dilbeck, Senior Pastor of Quail Springs Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. Jack Graham, no stranger to uh, most of us. Uh, Prestonwood Baptist Church. David McKinley from Warren Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia. A.B. Vines from New Seasons Church in Spring Valley. K. Marshall Williams, Senior Pastor of Nazarene Baptist Church in Philadelphia. And Matt Staver, who is the Founder and President of Liberty Council. So uh, it's it's a panel that's really focusing on how pastors uh, lead their churches uh, with the current landscape uh, that that's happening. So Dr. Floyd's going to be leading this panel, um, and that will be uh, sort of a kind of a final thing. And and obviously this is a, something that's on everyone's mind right now. So we're finishing out our time with a discussion about that as people have to go home and and contend with some of these issues. After that panel is a 
panel with the SBC entity presidents and messenger questions for them. That's scheduled to be on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, there's a bylaw change uh, that is in the executive committee report uh, for that to, to make that possible because the bylaws read that we should be doing it a different way. Uh, so they had to change the bylaws to fit the schedule. Finally, we have a joint mission presentation uh, to cap everything off on Wednesday afternoon before we adjourn early Wednesday evening. That's the, the breakdown of the annual meeting, uh, but as the pastor's conference and annual meeting are going on in those four days, you think, we, we talk about how we have breaks, but the truth is there's never a shortage of things to do. Now, if you don't attend an event in one of these breaks, you can always go check out that toasted ravioli. I'm planning to do that for sure, at least before things get started uh, when, when we get there a couple of days early. Uh, but if you're looking for something to to uh, to do with fellow messengers or places to to learn new things, you'll be able to find something at every single break. Uh, so first, just covering, we try to group these things together a little bit, um, and we can't we can't hit everything because there's so much going on. But we'll we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, the the event list itself. Um, but one thing I do like to cover is just the events that are for women. I still remember uh, years ago, this was in the early 2000s, and I had never been to an annual meeting, didn't really know that much about it. Um, and someone told me, who uh, she was a pastor's wife, about how she really didn't enjoy uh, going that much because there weren't a lot of things uh, for her. Uh, as far as events. And, and I think at the time there was minister's wives luncheon, but it just wasn't, just wasn't a ton. Now, uh, there are things that are going on all the time, uh, for, for women. If, if you're interested in some of these events, uh, one is, uh, the WMU annual meeting. Yeah, that's going to be on June the 12th and 13th. That's the Sunday and Monday of the convention week that's held in the Ferrara theater there in the America center. So it's actually on site this year. Those kind of vary. Sometimes they're on site, sometimes they're off site, but it's back on site this year. Uh, at that meeting, you're going to see and hear from uh, LaVon Gray, Jeff Orge, Wanda Lee, Linda Cooper, Katie Orr, and Jeff Orge has two sessions. He's actually uh, kicking it off it's on Sunday afternoon session. And then again on uh, closing it out on Monday evening. All right. And on Monday morning uh, is the Pastor's Wives Conference. Now, this is something that happens concurrently with the Pastor's Conference. Um, and now, women can certainly go into the Pastor's Conference um, and participate, listen to those speakers. But there is something that uh, is special and unique. It's at the, Mar it's at the Marriott uh, in the Majestic Ballroom. It's from 9 to 1145. Uh, it's a free event, no registration necessary. Uh, Ruth Ripken, um, that's uh, the wife of Nick Ripken, uh, who has, has spoken a lot, um, former missionary. Uh, Anita Renfro, Trillian Newbell, Selma Wilson, uh, who I'm uh, one of her biggest fans, and Anne Graham Lotz. So that's going to be a really great morning. Uh, then the Pastor's Wives Expo also begins on Monday. It's happening Monday and Tuesday in the Marriott uh, as well uh, at the, uh, in the Majestic Ballroom. Then that afternoon, uh, the tea at three, uh, which this is the second year uh, for this event, and it is designed around a, a desire to equip women for the work to which the Lord has called them. That's sponsored by Southwestern Seminary and their Biblical Woman uh, website. So it's a great opportunity to have tea, meet people, um, get some resources, and just uh, just learn. 
Yeah, I think we're going to be wrapped up at that time. Obviously, that wouldn't be for me, but uh, I know you're going to be wrapped up with some parliamentary duties. Uh, but we do have a couple of friends that are going to that. So looking forward to hearing, hearing the report back on that. Right. I am, I'm looking forward to hearing that, too. And I hate uh, I actually hate that I'm going to not be able to be at that uh, for a, a, another meeting I have to attend. Um, but on Tuesday, the expo is continuing that morning. And then the minister's wives luncheon will be happening with uh, the featured guest, Anita Renfro. That is a $15 registration fee. And then finally, Wednesday morning is when uh, Southeastern Seminary and NAM uh, we're hosting the Women's Leadership Breakfast. And so uh, Natasha Robinson and Kathy Chapman-Sharp will just be sharing some expertise and wisdom in that. That's from 7 to 8.15. It is in the America Center uh, room 120 and 127, which is very close to the meeting hall. So it'll go from 7 until the meeting starts, and, and you can just slide right right out uh, to that. So that's our second year for that event as well. So uh, it's so different from uh, when I had the conversation with that friend years ago. Uh, at this point, there's something every day um, for the the women that come and attend, and, and I just think that's great. So definitely check out as many of those things as you can. And uh, we'll include a link to um, a page, the registration page uh, at lifeway.com for the Minister's Wives Luncheon. Also includes uh, information and ads for some of the other events as well. So it's kind of a one-stop shop, and uh, we'll, we'll put that in there. Yeah, so a lot going on for women at the SBC, which is fantastic, because you are not understating the fact that there in the past uh, was not very much for them. Uh, a few of these other ancillary events, we've mentioned some of these lunches, and breakfasts and dinners and everything uh, and uh, other events, not just uh, food events, but uh, some other events uh, that we wanted to cover here, some of the bigger ones that are are more well-known. On Monday, you have the NAM luncheon. On Monday night, you have the IMB dinner. And then later Monday night, you have the Nine Marks at Nine uh, session with, I think ERLC is partnering with them for that. Then Tuesday morning, we've talked about the Replicate breakfast. Uh, That'll be, I think, the only time you'll get to see uh, two of the, the... two of the candidates for SBC president on the stage at the same time, J.D. Greer and Steve Gaines, both at that on Tuesday morning. And then Tuesday at lunch, you have a couple of options, uh, two of the bigger ones. B21 has their annual lunch, and then the For the Church lunch, hosted by Midwestern and Lifeway, uh, that's going on. That, that one's free. There's a nominal cost for B21, and they're close to being sold out. They've got a huge crowd coming, and so does Midwestern. So I know those two big, those two lunches, between them, Amy, those two lunches probably going to have somewhere around 2,500 people uh, in those two lunches. Just a massive crowd for those two lunches. And then on Tuesday night, another Nine Marks at Nine event. I, I think Southeastern is even involved in this one. Right. We're the, we're the uh, primary sponsor of that one. It's just another, another discussion uh, that evening. So when the prayer service is over, everyone can, can head up to that. All right. And then the next morning on Wednesday morning, you've got the big Lifeway breakfast. We have a huge turnout coming for that as well. And then we've mentioned it on the podcast as well on Wednesdays, uh, seminary lunches. The, the big lunches, uh, the alumni and friends lunch. I know there's a couple of themes for a, a couple of the, the lunches. Uh, Midwestern and the CBMW have partnered for theirs. Uh, Southern, I know, is doing a big thing uh, this year. And then also Southeastern and, and Southwestern um, and New Orleans and Golden Gate. Or by then, I guess we should say Gateway Seminary. 
Hey, and speaking of that, in the business, one thing we need to watch for, and I love this, this showed up in the Baptist Press article that previewed the exhibit hall. Uh, they have, they're bringing in an exhibit this year that is completely prepared uh, to do a total change while the business meeting is happening on Tuesday. So as soon as the vote for the name change happens in the executive committee report, uh, because it's the second year for us to vote for that bylaw change, uh, they will begin uh, a quick changeover. And when you go out after that business meeting, you'll see a different booth that says Gateway. So they're going to show up and you're going to see Golden Gate on Monday. And then Tuesday afternoon, when that vote is completed, they will will change it. So they're prepared for that. I think that's pretty pretty neat. We need to get a before and after picture of that and tweet it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we definitely do. And so I guess their seminary lunch, they'll do something similar as well. That'd, that'd be really great. Uh, that's that's fantastic. All right. So uh, one other thing that we've talked about, we, we talked about the women's events and how they've increased. We've also seen an increase in uh, ethnic-based events for messengers of different ethnicities. So we have the Avance event on Sunday. I'm probably butchering the name of that, but that's a Hispanic leadership event. Uh, Frank Page and Ronnie Floyd actually be at that, and Julio Ariola and William Ortega as well. Uh, they got a few breakout sessions. That's Sunday evening before the pastor's conference gets going, really. And then also there's the Asian-American uh, National Fellowship meeting on Sunday evening as well. The National African-American Fellowship annual meeting on Sunday and Monday afternoon and evening. And then the Filipino Southern Baptist Fellowship of North America and the Filipino International Mission Board Summit uh, will be going on on Tuesday. Uh, that's going on at, at the same time as well. And then you have the uh, Hispanic Baptist Pastors Alliance. Uh, that's Monday evening. So a, a lot of different things going on for a different ethnic groups in the Southern Baptist Convention. That is great to see, something we haven't seen too much of in the past. Uh, but because of the Asian American Leadership Advisory Council, the Hispanic Advisory Council uh, that Dr. Page has started, we've seen more of these events. And uh, K. Marshall Williams, and he's led the National African American Fellowship uh, this past year, been the president of that. So we've seen a lot more diversity at our annual meeting, and that is a great thing for us to see, Amy. Yes, it is. That's a, a great thing to see. And uh, remember, there are many more events. Uh, we just can't possibly list all of them. And so we'll we'll throw up a link uh, in the show notes to uh, the the list of events at the SBC annual meeting website, uh, but no shortage of opportunities to meet people, uh, connect with folks that you haven't seen in a while uh, and to learn. Yeah. And if you're an alum of a Southern Baptist college, uh, several of those are having uh, alumni events as well. And then some of the state conventions are having them. So yeah, all the information is in SBC life. You can pick up that at the convention or you can check it out online. We'll provide all the links for that. And that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Well, we're going to take it to 1971 uh, because this was uh, at the time where Baptist Press was actually putting out their report from that year's SBC annual meeting, uh, which happened a few weeks earlier, and it was taking place in St. Louis. We've had a lot of meetings in St. Louis. Um, and I, it was really tough to hit on one thing because this entire issue of Baptist Press is just fascinating, talking about the agency reports. The very first story is about the pastor's conference. Um, and, uh, and, and remember, those of you who have kind of an understanding of where we are uh, in, in history at the time, 
Uh, this is really before the, the work of the conservative resurgence had begun, but there were certainly discussions that were happening at that time. Um, and uh, the final uh, session, the closing session of the Southern Baptist Pastors Conference uh, was, uh, it was finished out by W.A. Criswell of Dallas. And so the first sentence in the first story of this issue says, supported by an enthusiastic crowd at the closing session of the Southern Baptist Pastors Conference, W.A. Criswell of Dallas vigorously reaffirmed the inerrant and infallible word of God. Um, and uh, so you, you just you get to see uh, sort of a, a snapshot of what they were discussing at that time. And as you go down this long issue, you see the pastor's conference, you see the WMU convention. Yeah, 3,000 um, women. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's really crazy. Um, you see some issues that, uh, that you, you start to see how some of the seminary presidents of the day uh, at that time, how they were, we're kind of exercising their influence. You see at 26 SBC agencies reported on their work. That seems like a lot. Um, it seems like a lot. It seems like yeah. a lot. Understatement yeah. of the week. 26. Yes. Could you imagine? I, I know. Was the know. convention like eight days? Yeah. Um, then this was interesting. There was apparently an issue about lay involvement in the SBC. And so there's a, a story down there that's titled lay involvement in SBC stressed at convention. But the first sentence is laymen should quit griping that there is no place for them in the denomination and prepare themselves to take on the big jobs of religious life. So, I mean, they did not mince words uh, in this story. That was a quote from someone, but they did not mince words at all. And then, um, I, I was really uh, fascinated. You get down, and there's uh, there's some articles about uh, motions and and things. You get to see what what the motions were, and I'm trying to get trying to get all the way to this. Hold on, I'll run a search just so I make sure. It mentioned someone that I know, and I was just fascinated. So it was a it was a motion um, that they had seven motions that year. And it was a motion by a gentleman of North Carolina, and he referred to an article in the Baptist Program monthly publication of the executive committee. And it carried two articles, he said, which presented the acceptance of fallibility and errancy in the scriptures and no articles of an opposite viewpoint. And he made the motion, um, I move that the convention respectfully request the executive committee and the editor of the Baptist Program to provide for equal space that competent conservative scholars may present the convention viewpoint, which holds to the errancy of the Bible. So these conversations were in full force um, in 1971, you know, almost a decade before what we kind of think about uh, with, with the, those, the days of that. But this motion was presented by a man named M.O. Um, Owens, and he is no stranger to the Southeastern Seminary community, but he's a pastor from North Carolina. He's a member of our Southeastern Society. He was just here with us at the most recent meeting, and he is 102 years old. Wow. Now. Yes, and continues to come, and he preached a sermon in our chapel about three, four years ago. We, it was when we were already here, so he preached at like the age of 99. Um, so I was amazed to see his name in here, and here's what, here's what it got me thinking, Jonathan. Um, I'm not pointing to any specific earth-shattering thing, but what I'm telling you is a lot of these uh, people, including this man, um, 
Emma Owens, who I just kind of see him as this uh, sweet, uh, just wonderful gentleman that, that I've had breakfast with and things. But they were doing the work all the all those years ago then uh, that, that we're doing right now. Sometimes we can think we're the first people to invent something. Um, but they were doing the hard work of being messengers and active in the process. And so we, we have people that went on before us. And so folks like Emma Owens and Dr. Chris Well uh, and others were really fighting for um, the, uh, the doctrine of inerrancy to stay. They were fighting for, uh, for the Bible uh, to be held up. So just a, just a really neat thing. So here we are. We're coming in St. Louis, uh, but it's not our first time to be in St. Louis. And so I wanted to throw it out that some of it started this week in SBC history. All right. Now, there's one other motion that I, I think is quite funny that it's included in here because this is one that keeps coming up. You, you mentioned that we think sometimes we're the first person to, to come up with an idea. Uh, one motion would have the convention meet every two years instead of annually. That seems to come up, and we may even see that one next week. You never know. I mean, that's that's the one that just kind of keeps coming up, keeps coming up here and there. Um, History repeats itself. We do. We never have. You know, we don't invent anything. Yeah. So very interesting. But yeah, we'll throw a link up and uh, go go sit down if you're uh, interested and just kind of look over that. Those stories are are great. Those stories are really important to reflect on. They are. Man, this is amazing. So this is some good stuff here. All right, now. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week this week, Amy, is the SBC annual meeting app. What better resource of the week to have than the annual meeting app? Get that on your phone, on your iPad. Uh, there's actually even a uh, a website, and we'll link to that too, uh, where you can actually access all the information from the app on your computer. So uh, you can get it on any internet-connected device, basically. Uh, so you can have all the information that you need. The book of reports is in there. The schedule, the the actually the first day bulletin is in there. Uh, you can download the bulletin for the first day, or at least part of the bulletin. There'll be some stuff that'll be added on later. Uh, but you got part one of the bulletin that's in there already. So a lot of stuff. If you're wondering about any of the timing or schedules, you can even map out your own schedule in the SBC app. So Check that out. Download that. Make sure you have that when you show up in St. Louis. Amy, your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is uh, we're going to give a link uh, to a PDF that has the Southern Baptist Convention Charter, Constitution, and Bylaws. Now, I'm also throwing available that out there. in the book of reports. Yes, I'm throwing that out there because someone might hear that and think, oh, goodness, uh, is there anything that is more uh, nerdy than that? Um, but really. the truth is not, maybe not. Uh, and I'm not even going to tell how many times I've read it. Uh, but the truth is if we're going to go and be messengers, uh, we need to know what we're participating in. And so I want to throw that out and encourage people uh, as they can to look over those. You know, if you don't have the time to read every single word, uh, find it in the app, have it accessible, um, so that we really know and understand uh, the organization that we're a part of. And, and that's one of the best places, uh, to, to really understand understand it. And there are a lot of people that you can ask questions. If you don't understand something, uh, that there are, are many people out there who can help, um, you figure some things them. out. Um, I, I don't know that I'm the, the biggest expert on it, but I can tell you I'm somebody who's read them a lot. Uh, and so I, I just think it's always good to educate ourselves. And so I wanted to throw that out as my resource. All right. Well, that is also something that I've read several times and referred to this week on more than one occasion, uh, which sounds pretty nerdy because it is. Um, so 
Uh, you and you and I have gone over some facts and figures this week, and some some different parts of the the bylaws, and even had an argument at one point this week about what a, a definition was in the bylaws. So, uh, and wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, and how did that end up? I, I, anyway, uh, next week on, <laughs> actually, you won the argument. Yes, you were right. I was wrong. Anyway, I should have known better. Um, <laughs> next week we will have all the news leading up to. Uh, St. Louis, I, I'm expecting two big pieces of news next week. The ACP report uh, coming from Lifeway and the Lottie Moon Christmas offering uh, final report. So those are two big pieces of news I think we might see next week before we get to St. Louis. Uh, knowing my luck, it'll drop uh, about 10 minutes after I put this podcast up, and we will have to wait a week to talk about news that should have been on this episode. Uh, but thank you again for joining us on this episode. We look forward to seeing you in St. Louis. Uh, you'll probably be able to catch Amy maybe on Monday at the Southeastern booth. Come by, say hello. If you see me with Dr. Rayner or at the Lifeway area, uh, be sure to say hello as well. Uh, but Amy, I know you'll be wrapped up on Tuesday and Wednesday with your assistant parlamentarian uh, duties or assistant to the parlamentarian, which is it? Uh, <laughs> a little I'm Dwight Schrute sure. humor there. Little, yeah, I saw what you did there. So whatever it is, I, I'm just going to go with assistant parliamentarian and let Barry McCarty uh, decide if it's assistant or assistant to uh, the parliamentarian. But uh, we want to thank our sponsor again, 2028.co. Uh, Amy, I, I know you've got uh, a lot to do before next week. So do I. And I know all our listeners do as well. So we're going to see you next week and uh, you know try to get those suitcases ready to pack up and head to St. Louis. All right. See you next week. 